I would like to take this time to dedicate episode number 66 to the financially corrupt. And don't for a sweet second think that you do not know the words to this song. In fact, I will take that as a threat. If you're sitting, please stand. If you're driving a car, pull it over to the side of the road. Get out on the shoulder. Get the wind in your hair. And crank that dial. Back through the hills where the Rocky Mountains roll There's a song the men sing and you've heard it before It gives me chills when they scream it out loud So cherish these words cause there's a magic they bring It goes hum now here kid, I need you so bad It goes hum now here kid, I fucking need you so bad I'm now here, kid. I need you bad. Goes hum now here, kid. I fucking need you so bad. It's more than just a call. It's a fortune for us all. Very different from a saying. It's my soul's way of praying. So one more fucking time, let's sing the nursery rhyme. Ask from you I don't, but this time I'm a begging. So hum now here, kid, I need you so bad. Goes hum now here, kid, I fucking need you so bad. Hum now here, kid, I need you bad. Hum now here, kid, I fucking need you so bad. I need you so bad I'm now your kid I fucking need you so bad Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, yeah. Welcome to episode number 66 of the program that you hold so dearly to your hearts. The Mario Lemieux episode, if you will, 6-6. Six, six. That's who I think of when I see that number. <laughs> God, he was nasty. Saw a clip of him when he was like 18 years old in the Quebec Major Junior League, just literally toying with Frenchmen. He was toying with them. They were his puppets. If you're ever bored, just go... Sometimes I get bored, I just go look at his stats from Junior because it makes me feel happy. So this one goes out to you, Mario. Did you know that Mario Lemieux, some of you probably don't know this, so I'm sa- if you do know this, good for you, but some of the people don't realize that he is a cancer survivor who had to walk away from the game and came back to his Hall of Fame form once returned. What a fucking legend, folks. But that's neither here nor there. That's not what this episode is about. But that is an adieu to the one and only Mario Lemieux. Folks, sorry for another hiatus Uh, There wasn't a writer's strike this time. There was actually, I wouldn't say it's an excuse, but there was a reason. And um, 
Last episode, I you know I had a real fun story about a fishing trip and and whatnot, and uh, it, it was fun. There was a lot of laughs were had, and unfortunately, I have another ridiculous story that I got to tell you now. But it was Labor Day. It was the Sunday of Labor Day, and um, my buddy Eric, friend of the program from uh, the Magnus League episode way back, if you want to go take it out, he's been on this program. My buddy Eric, who I do roofs with, who I work with, spend some time in Timmins Roofing where I am broadcasting from currently, just west of the Timmins, Ontario region. But I was up there on Sunday of the Labor Day long weekend, and my buddy Eric is building a house. And his property um, had not yet been cleared. We had a guy come in with the big machines, and they tore a bunch of trees down because this lot was pretty much just bush. So they tore a bunch of trees down, made way for where the house is going to go and where they're going to build. But we had a bunch of trees that had we had to get rid of. So we're burning them. And uh, it had just recently rained. So we had a couple different piles going. We had to get some gas involved because, you know, we it was just nothing would light. So we were making these small fires. And then we had this big pile of wood. And we were like, geez, it'd be nice if we could just light that up instead of just like making po- small piles out of the huge massive ones that the machines had made so i was like yeah sure let's try and light this bad boy up let's try to light this bitch up if you know what i'm saying ha ah. so we doubt we had her doused with gas and sure enough i had about a two second lapse of judgment probably i'd say maybe a little longer than two seconds but what i was doing with these piles is i was like lighting a piece of cardboard and i was just throwing them on the pile and woof it's kind of hilarious, you know? We all like fire. It's, it's something that we as humans respect and uh, we're very fond of and we're intrigued by for some reason. And um, sure enough, I thought in my head for sure, I'm like, oh, I'm far enough away. Just do it really fast and run. Was not, in fact, far enough away, unfortunately. And the second I gave that lighter a little snap, a little flick, it would... <laughs> engulfion in flame. I was... In, you, know when the, you know that sound? Like the woof. The woof with the gas. Yeah, I was inside of the woof. And I just so happened it was a nice day. Nice, beautiful end of summer day. Fall just around the corner. We'd worked hard that day. And we were going to just, you know, have some fun. Light a fire. Get some of this stuff out of the way. Make way for the beautiful home that is about to be built. But nope. Had my shirt off. I had sunglasses on and a backwards hat. And like I was kind of leaned over like to light this, thinking I was far enough away, but no. I just took a mouth of flames. And I, I got burnt. I, I, I'll be honest, I, I played with fire, and I got burned. And I didn't just get burnt. I was fucking pretty burnt. Not like, I wasn't second, third degree. It was mostly first degree burns, thank God. But I got both my arms from like, I'd say just below the elbow... To like the top of the shoulder on both sides. Got my chest pretty good. I got my face good. And and um, it was bad. It wasn't good. And I was on layaway. I basically didn't do anything for like a week and a half. I basically just laid down. And watched TV for a week and a half. Covered in polysporin from head to toe. And it wasn't fun folks. It, was, it wasn't fun. Don't, I don't recommend. Do not recommend. And... Um, in the moment after it happened, like for about an hour, I was in some good hurt. I was so hot. It just felt like someone had a blowtorch just held to my upper body for an hour straight. And 
it was, I knew I was like, I wasn't at no point did I ever think I had to go to the hospital. I don't know why I probably should have like seeing how it ended up looking a couple days later, but at no point did we ever think that that was something that we should do. So this happened. And of course my buddy Roby, this house is getting built in Timmins, but it's kind of like on the edge of Timmins on like the West side. And we had both, for some reason, naturally our phones were both dead when this happened. And, um, my buddy Eric's uncle is a doctor. So we're like, well, we'll go see your uncle and see what he says. And, but our phones were both dead and it was like supper time. So we didn't want to like interrupt their supper. And for some reason, when we plugged the phone into his truck, it took like an hour to charge. We couldn't get it going. We couldn't get either of our phones going. We get it going. We go over there. He checks me out, gives me a couple stuff to clean it. And, you know, tells me how to wrap it and take care of it all. And, and then, yeah, it was literally about two weeks. I was on, uh, well, it didn't do, it didn't work for two weeks. It was brutal. It was fucking brutal. I was going absolutely insane. I was going insane. And, um, the worst part was, it wouldn't say it hurt really. Like it obviously hurt. Nothing felt great. I was walking around like C3PO for a, for almost two weeks. You know what I mean? That little robot guy who can't straighten his arms, the gold guy who walks around with the R2-D2 guy, the beep, 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 that guy. I was him for a week and it didn't feel good. But when the skin peeled off and then you just, I was sitting there like I just, I was just an open wound. It hurt like shit to put a shirt on, put anything on. I would just, I so, I was supposed to be wrapping it with like gauze and all that shit. You know how expensive that shit is? Polysporin's like, $13 at Walmart, a tube. I was putting like two or three on me a day for like two weeks straight. And then they're telling you to wrap all this shit. I'm like, all this gauze stuff, I'm going to go bankrupt from this burn. So I, a couple days in, someone told me like, you're probably a nurse or my girlfriend's friend or something told me that I was probably good. It looked clean. It wasn't getting infected. I kept it clean as shit. So after a couple days in, I just started just sitting there. I was just shirtless for like nine days straight. And you know, it's still, what is it? It's three weeks ago today that this happened. And as I say this, I'm itching my arm because like, it wasn't that painful. It definitely didn't feel good, but it just got so uncomfortable. Like you just wanted to itch yourself. I'm still kind of getting, you know, I'm still kind of itching a bit, but thankfully I don't think I'm going to scar at all, which is, which is huge. Like, I'm not going to lie. I had a little bit of a mental breakdown at one point about a week in or a couple, three, four days in, because I was scared. Like, I looked at myself, like, I looked fucked. Like, I did not look good. Like, my like <clears throat> the last couple of weeks, it's been like a party trick. Like, this comes up in, like, conversation. I start showing pictures. I was at a diaper party last night for a friend of mine. We start telling this story. Next thing I know, my phone's going around the room, and everyone's taking looks at the thing, just gasping. Because it looked bad. It did. It did not look good, I'll be honest. And... I see my, I always really, really tan this summer from doing roofs and I don't, I, I usually wear a shirt, but like I would take my shirt off for like a half hour, like a couple times a week or something like that, get a good tan. And like, I was really tanned and now it just looks so weird. Cause like my, the skin that fell off was all tanned. And now like the skin coming up from under it is just pale as shit, a little red, not too bad. I'm hopefully that there's not gonna be any scarring. I think I'm good on my face. I mean, if I have a, a couple scars elsewhere, I mean, it's not the end of the world. I was pretty, like, in the moment, like, it didn't go well, I'd say, but it could have been a lot fucking worse. Could have been definitely a lot worse. So, all I'm saying, I guess, is don't play with fire unless you want to get burned. All right? Don't play with it. Don't do it. I have, uh, 
lot of respect for fire. I already did. And I have even more so now, unfortunately, through trial and error. And I definitely learned my lesson because this was, uh, this was, uh, not my first bad encounter, like not bad, but like not my first stu- stupid encounter with gas and fire, which I'm, I hate to admit for some reason, I felt like I had to knock on wood when I said that. But when I was, I was been 17, I was in 12th grade. Um, and I was at my parents' place and in where we lived in the inner city in Calgary, uh, you weren't allowed open fire pits. So you had to have like, you know, like the ones that you can close like a cage or whatever. Like you gotta have a top on it, whatever. You know what I mean? You can't just have a pit in your backyard, but I have like always loved fires. It's always been like one of my favorite things to do. If you're just chilling, you know, summer night, have a fire, even a cold, nice one on a winter, you know, cold winter's day, you warm up by the fire. I love that. But this was, uh, I was probably, uh, I don't know if it was spring or just summer or something. It was nice out. And, um, yeah, I was like 17 years old. And I was there with uh, my buddy and uh, two friends of ours. And one, I was with my buddy and my g- high school girlfriend at the time. And uh, one of our other friends. And there's four of us. And I was drinking a Gatorade. Um, an orange Gatorade. And I remember I had about like a third of it left. And I was like going to go look for uh, uh, marshmallow sticks. And I'm like walking around with this Gatorade that I was drinking. And as I go into the garage, I'm looking for the marshmallow sticks to roast some wieners or something and i like see the tank of gas and like in my head i like thought it was funny i was like okay like i I finished my gatorade and then i filled up like i only had like a sip or two left like i was saying so i filled up like a sip or two worth in the gas in the bottle and then i like i walked back out to the fire with the marshmallow sticks and as i get a little closer to the fire like i don't know what i was thinking was gonna happen like i don't know what i thought really but i thought it'd be funny on my way i'm walking over there i like pretend to trip and stumble right by the fire and and doing that i like spilt my gatorade into the fire and then like spilt it pretty hard and like i didn't think it was much it wasn't much gas but it didn't take much gas and sure enough it was already like it was a full going fire so this thing just goes boom not a big womb not like the womb i unfortunately had to stand inside of about three weeks ago but sure enough the fire just goes boom and it lights like a good 10 feet diameter around the fire is of uh, the grass on my parents' lawn is all on fire. Um, the fire like splashed out there. The, the blanket that my girlfriend at the time was under the bottom of it, where her feet were it, the top of it, it, it got on fire. So this goes on. I'm like in full panic mode. I like grabbed the blanket off my girlfriend, like just threw it and stomped it out in like two seconds. Thankfully, like not, nothing happened there. Nothing was bad. And then I run around the yard and I'm like stomping on all, I just stomped out all the grass and luckily it went out right away. But I didn't realize that when I like, when I threw the, like the pretended to trip and the Gatorade hit the fire or the gas, like this, the fire went up the stream of the gas that was coming out of the bottle. And then, so the bottle was just like a torch. So as I like grabbed the blanket off, off her, got rid of that and then stomped the rest of the fire out. I didn't realize that I was holding like a fucking hand torch and it looked so hilarious. It looked like a, what are those stacks called? You know, when they're like, they're like oil refineries when they have like, when they're like, it just burns, you know what I mean? It just goes like, like it looked like that in my hand and I, I got scared and I just threw it and then I threw it right into the fire and then it goes woof again. And then I lit a freaking 10 more feet of the yard on fire again. I had to stomp that out. Luckily there was no, there was no, fucking um you know no one got burnt 
and uh, no, everyone was fine. It was just kind of like, it was really stupid. It was kind of just funny in the moment, like nothing really happened, but you know, that could have been an issue too. And I, as I'm telling these stories, I'm like laughing, like in the back of my head, I'm like, should I be saying this out loud to anyone? Probably not. But again, we're going to, we got, we, this is a, like a very informative podcast. And if we're going to take anything from this episode, people, please, it's that we respect gasoline and fire. Because if you don't, you will be burned. You know what I'm saying? Do you know what I'm saying? All right. Thank you. But yeah, so not good. Not good. Uh, Don't recommend. Uh, I'm doing all right, though. I'm doing good. I I think I'll be fine. I'm hoping uh, no scars. I am fine. I'm totally fine. But I just hopefully uh, no no scarage. So if you're listening to the show and uh, you have any, uh, you know, tricks, remedies, Maybe a, a, a you know a, a nice uh, lotion I should maybe try vitamin E perhaps uh, yeah taking all advice I can get I'm all ears I'm all ears on that regard <laughs> oh gosh yeah um, I haven't made an episode in uh, several weeks but I was very fortunate enough to be a return guest on the Fourth Line Voice podcast if you have not listened to that ever before uh, check it out and uh, check out my interview it was fun. Um, I told a couple stories about the past season, uh, some that are going to be told on here. So maybe don't spoil it if you don't have to, but no, do spoil it because I want you to go support, uh, my buddy Darren over there. He does a great job with that show, comes out with two episodes a week. And, uh, if you're into the old school hockey talk, that's what he brings. He, uh, he has a great YouTube channel of thousands of fights from like the last however many years. Um, and he, he, he's more so into, you know, the game about, you know, 10, 20 years ago and, and, and on beyond that. So he's not, he doesn't uh, cover the new, uh, the, you know, the current game at all, but he has unbelievable guests, former players, really tough customers, guys that were literally part of modern folklore. And, um, he's part of a great group of guys that I've kind of met online that are, uh, all about, uh, keeping that, uh, folklore alive. And, uh, yeah, so check out the fourth line voice podcast. It was, a uh, it was great getting on there. We had a long one. Um, I'd been on his show before and, um, it was like, I had worked that day, like 13 hours. I was doing roofs. I was so tired and we ended up going to like 1am and, um, yeah, so it was, uh, that one, I felt like I needed to redeem myself and this episode was fun. Like we got carried away. Like I think the episode's like almost three hours long. I'm not sure how long I'm on there for, but I, I, I believe like a long time and I've never been, I've definitely never done a podcast episode that long. So, uh, if you're gearing up for a good drive, uh, give it a, give it a whirl. It's good. And, uh, a couple of those stories I'm definitely going to have to tell on here. And like, I wasn't like, I was telling some stories and I was like, should I have said that? And then I was literally like, who fucking cares? Like realistically at the end of the day, one thing I've started to really realize is as I've gotten older and is like one of the biggest pieces of life lesson that I can give to anyone is that you have to realize that literally nobody gives a fuck about you. You know what I mean? So who cares at the end of the day, who really gives a flying fuck hockey starting up though. The NHL season starting up. It's always fun. You know, all you get to see all the new players in new places doing crazy stuff. It's always, it's fun. It's exciting. It's a weird time of year for myself because I'm not playing again. And uh, I'm not going to lie. It is starting to feel a little weird not gearing up to go play another season. 
and uh, just trying to stay busy and keep my mind off it because I know what's going to happen when the season starts and boys start sending me Snapchats and they're at the rink and that's what they're doing and that's their schedule now. It's hockey season. I am going to want to hit my head against the wall repetitively no matter how broke that lifestyle continued me to stay in. Financial disdain. It is oftentimes worth that disdain. So it's going to be tough. It's going to be really tough. But no, fired up for hockey. I love, uh, it's always so fun when the NHL season starts. You know, you, you get to see what's going on. And there's a lot of, uh, a lot of teams did a lot of shit this year. Like, I feel like this offseason was pretty intense. A lot of movement. Like usually, I don't know, I always laugh. They make like the free agent frenzy stuff like always seem like such a big deal. And like, you know, every couple of years there's like a superstar who signs elsewhere. But for the most part, like it's it's not that exciting. But this this year there was a lot of uh, the Ottawa Senators. And like I, I, I laugh that I even like talk about this team because no one else does uh, ever. Actually, no one talks about the Ottawa Senators. I, I'm completely fascinated by the Ottawa Senators franchise because as a Canadian in the hockey community and, um, you know, I, I know tons of people that are hockey fans. Like I, my whole life's based around, like my, everyone I know is basically into hockey, basically. And they're all fans of the game. And I can name about three Ottawa Senators fans. I can name about three. And I think that might be a majority. They could, they could substantially be a majority of that team's fan base. And, I just, I, I just, I don't love the Ottawa Senators. I don't know what it is. I just don't like them. And it's, I had a roommate in university who was obsessed with them. And that added to my disdain more. I've had a couple roommates for some reason that were really into them. And like, I can honestly say, like, I'm not even trying to be funny. Like, I'd never met a single Ottawa Senators fan until I lived in Ontario. Grew up in Alberta for 18 years I lived before I left Alberta. I never met a single fucking Sens fan out there. And you come to Ottawa and there's, pro- I mean, Ontario, there's my, there's probably seven of them. There's around seven of them. And I, I don't think a lot of people realize how hilarious the Canadian Tire Center is. Have you ever driven to Ottawa? You'll be about 20 minutes away from the city going through Kanata, down the highway, and it looks like there might be like a gas station out this exit. And for some reason, it's not an SO. It's a it's an NHL arena. It's just randomly there. Literally just... it. It's almost like it... it, it I got, it's a joke. I, I, when you see it, like the first time I saw it, I got, and they were like, oh, that's where the Sens play. I was like, ha, what? They play out here? There's no like train that goes out there. Um, there's no like bar scene around there. It's not like you can like just walk out and you're downtown Ottawa, go up a shaker at the barn at the market there, whatever the byway byward market, whatever it's called. You're just like you're in the middle of nowhere. I've heard stories of like if you play for the Ottawa Senators, like I've heard of guys that like know guys that play there, and like game day you drive all the way to the rink. So where they live, you know, it could be a half an hour drive to the rink. You go for your pregame skate, then you drive home. Then you take a nap. Then you drive back to the rink and home. You're driving like three hours a day just to play for the Ottawa Senators. Like, I don't, I, 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 the guys aren't ordering. Like, you can't get a hotel. There's like, I don't think there's like one hotel out there. And I've been to multiple Ottawa Senators games when I went to school. Like, I've seen better atmospheres at like a major junior game on a Sunday of a rebuilding team in a small market. 
the first Ottawa Senators game I went to, I, I, I my jaw hit the floor. It must have been like 2017 or something. Like I, they, there was just no one there. It wasn't even at half capacity. And like you know what, hockey mad Canada, we can't even sell out a fucking NHL game. It's absolutely asinine. It's embarrassing. And I, I know they had something going on with their owner. I was. A little too young to understand what he was getting up to at the time with Eugene Melnick and all the craziness that he was getting up to. and But something's going on over there. And, I mean, they got a bunch of new players and stuff this year, but I, 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 just, I just don't know. I just don't know what's going on over there. And I just don't care for the franchise. The Sens Army, don't love it. Don't care for it. And, like, I, I've been to a couple games and not one of them was busy. It was several years ago. They had a playoff game. They didn't even sell that out. We went there once. It was so funny. We went there. I played at Nipissing University in North Bay. And uh, we would always play, you know, the, our division, the OUA, men's hockey. There's, t- you know, you play against uh, the Ottawa teams. And you play against, like, McGill and Concordia and Poitiers over in Three Rivers. They're all in the OUA. They don't have like their own Quebec league they play in. So you got to go to Montreal and stuff like that. And uh, we were going to, I think we were playing in McGill. And it was uh, the Thursday night, there was a Sens game. And so when you play in McGill, it's long enough drive from North Bay that we would leave on the Thursday. And uh, we went to a Sens game on the Thursday night. And I mean, like the men's hockey team, like, yeah, we're, you know, it's a school team. But like in men's hockey and university level, like, your, your rookies are 21 years old. So, like, we're all old enough. Like, we're all old and we're grown up and stuff like that. So, like, yeah, we're obviously a, you put 20 guys at a hockey game. Like, we're going to have a couple beers. Like, that's it's probably going to happen. And, like, I remember I might have had several beers at this one game that we're, we're talking about. But uh, many of us did. Many of us did. And I'll never forget. It was so funny. Like, this is just such a 21st century, like, hilarious thing that would happen. Like, just stupidity. But I love it. A guy in my team of course posted instagram and he's standing there like you know with the with the rink behind him in the background you know he gets a hot the hottest instant i've ever seen just so hot and it's just him standing there with a beer just wearing his lakers track coat and and sure enough somebody that went to the school that was on like another sports team or something saw this and told on us and we all basically got in trouble i got in trouble for having a beer at a hockey game and i was like 24 years old at the time that's why I just kept laughing. I was like, we're getting in trouble. I'm 24 years old. We're at an NHL hockey game. And I'm not going to be guzzling beers. Ha <laughs> ha! Don't think. Do not think so. Yeah, my one buddy that was in the picture, he had to go to like a, a like an athletic review board. It was funny. It was funny. But that's just such a typical like, I don't know, thing that, I don't know, schools would get mad at you for, you know, this day and age. I mean, any school would probably get mad at you now. It's just the fucking world we live in. But it was funny. You know, it, it was just funny. And, like, I mean, uh, some of the other s- school sports teams that were at my university, like, had ridiculous rules. Like, I remember, like, like they had this, like, the girls' soccer team, like, or, or something like that, like, wasn't allowed to drink alcohol during the season or something like that. And, like, I mean, I get it. Like, I, I'm not saying that, like, I'm promoting alcoholism or something like that and that we should be just smashing pints every day. But, like, some of these girls are, like, there's some girls that are underage on that team but like how can you just tell you can't just tell someone you can't do something when they're like of age i don't know 
I just thought it was a weird dynamic, but I just always laughed. I'm like, how are they going to know? Like, why would they know that you're drinking? Are you too dumb that you're going to put a story on Instagram of you at a shaker? Getting shook? Having a shakedown? Getting shaky with it? Shaking your tail fev? I doubt it. And if you do, you just you can't be that stupid. You find a way to find the beers. Is essentially what I'm fucking saying. But anyways, that was a little sub-tangent about my Ottawa Senators uh, smack talk. God, I hate the Sens. And if you're listening to this, anyone that's a Sens fan, I hate you too. So it's kind of a perfect scenario because there's a lot in a lot of instances, Senators fans, they're not good people. And I like good people. So that's where I draw the line. Sens fan, bad person. It's like a Venn diagram. A lot of similarities between those people and those fan groups. And they're also just like nauseating online to, to, to listen to. So, so there's that. I saw an interesting tweet today. And uh, this episode's going to be a short one. So I might, I might leave it at this. A little something to ponder as we get out of this episode. But if you were going to make a million dollars in 2023, you're going to make a million, you're going to make a million dollars in 2023. What are you going to do for it? Like, what are you going to do to do that? And I see all these people, they're all talking about, you know, this, that stupid shit. What I would do if I needed to make $1 million, I would go door to door with my guitar and I would play people their favorite songs. And for an extra five bucks, maybe I'll even make a little personal rendition. Maybe a remix for you. Throw your name in it. Maybe your loved one. Yeah! You know what I mean? That's how I would try to change the world. Through music. Because music is a beautiful thing. So what would you do to make $1 million in 2023? What would you do? Do you really need a million dollars, some might ask? That's not the question. That we are going over right now. It's what would you do. If you had to make one million dollars. What would you do? What? How would you go about it? For some reason. A lot of the answers I was seeing from these people. Who seem to be smart people. Was create an, an email newsletter. For, I'm not joking. For some reason that was like everyone's answer was. I'm going to create an email newsletter. For creators. That acts like a launch pad. And. You send people like a blog sort of style thing. You email it to them once a week. And when they click on it, they can get all your social media. Like, oh, you see, you have a podcast. Say, if I had one, you know, you can have like a project link. That's what everyone was saying. That's how they're going to make a... What? I actually had some guy messaging me on Twitter. This guy with like 200,000 followers. And I didn't... This was like a week before I read this. And I started seeing all these people read these freaking stupid answers to the question. And he was trying to sell me on him making me a newsletter and I was kind of intrigued because I was like well for the project you know maybe that would be cool like you know could be useful if people actually did want to sign up for it but I was like I don't know I don't know how you're gonna make a million dollars doing that could that be something that I might find useful and and get the project on board with sure but that's not how I'm gonna make a million dollars in 2023 I'm gonna make my money through music okay so what are you gonna do to make a million dollars in 2023 (laughs) haha Stay tuned and we'll find out. Folks, thank you so much for listening. God bless you.